precious Listen. building. You are more than the air Listen, I close to my heart. see her face and know that she sees Your reflection is more than you see. You are more than a phenom. Lasting S is longer than eons in the plateau that we on. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex the Poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. Um, today is a very special episode. It's not only my birthday. Um, I'm 38, but also it's the 24th episode and the number 24 is so very important to me and I'll get to that, uh, throughout the podcast. But, um, as usual, you know how we get down with our mental health check. This week was a very up and down week for me. Um, it being my birthday and all, um, missing my daughters, um, just, it was just so much going on emotionally as I started my 38th trip around, uh, the sun, but I was able to maintain again, I'm still struggling with on and off like weird dreams. Um, it's keeping me up tossing and turning, but for the most part, there was no, uh, there was nothing bad that happened this week that, that, uh, that forced me into that spiral. I think I'm getting, I'm getting better at controlling the negative spiral. I'm getting can, uh, better at controlling the panic, uh, panic attacks and everything. So all in all, this was a good week. I'm proud of myself. I'm proud of what I was able to, um, accomplish this week, both, uh, work, uh, entrepreneurial wise and in regards to my mental health. So I'm just glad it's just, I am not at all, uh, how could I say, I still struggle with the depression. I still struggle with the anxiety. However, I am better today than I was a year ago. And I'm happy for that because every day I'm able to wake up, I'm able to fight, I'm able to do, you know, do something um, to get me through that day. I think I said it before. It's like when I sit still, like when I'm when I'm laying down and go to sleep or uh, when I'm just sitting down at work. And, you know, accounts are slow or, you know, I'm on hold and my mind gets to 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 going. Um, it tries to take me down to a negative place. And I just I stay busy. So I, I stay trying to think of ideas for the business. I stay trying to think of ideas for new poems and um, new opportunities uh, for me and my entrepreneurship of, you know, just research. Like my brother always tells me to to be prepared, read and research and stuff like that. So I, that I've really um, taking hold of that. So I just, when I feel like I'm spiraling out of control or I feel like, um, it's a down day. What I try to do is I try to do something for one of the businesses that I have. I try to create some, I try to think of ideas because the more busy I am, the less I'm, um, uh, I'm down. You know, it's, 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 it's not something that is just going to go away. And I hear people say, oh, they beat, they beat depression, they beat anxiety and, and this, that, and the other. But I, I, it, I, it's no way to beat it. It's ways to function in my experience, because um, it doesn't matter how good things are going, you know, a small ripple could affect the whole pond because of the negativity and the frequency that it comes at. So, um, yeah, I say just saying that, you know, I'm still fighting. I'm still here. I woke up today. I'm grateful for this last year. It taught me so much. Um, 
I was so resilient with health issues, so resilient with not allowing myself to remain depressed every single day. It's just, it's a fight, but just, I'd rather be able to wake up and fight than just to be down. And so I'm grateful for my 37th year of life. So much has, so much happened and there were so many changes that I'm proud of. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was my week. I, I'm grateful, you know, times are, are, are hard, um, for me emotionally, like today, like, uh, my daughter would have been 11 months, uh, turning one on, on Christmas Eve had she survived. So it's difficult with my birthday being right here, but all of my kids' birthdays are like in a row. I call it birthday season. So that was like literally the only thing, or that's literally the only thing that's been really bothering me, just really um, feeling like, dang, like she would be 11 months. So I'm good though. I'm fighting. I'm, um, I'm staying strong mentally. I am, you know, staying working I am you know working on the business constantly and working on the poetry constantly like there is non-stop like I said a while ago or, or in the first episode um picking up the pieces I had, I had stated that uh what my daughter taught me was time um and the value of time like as an adult logically I understand time but I held no value I had I held no value to it because I hadn't been, I hadn't experienced anything that challenged my thought of time. And when my daughter uh, passed, it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. She had no time to, to, to do anything in life. Like, just like that. No, no cry, no, no, no view of, of who I was, no, uh, uh, hearing my voice, none of that. And so from that, I'm like, nah. So as my, my baby lay there, you know, in my arms, I just told her like, I'm not wasting no more time. I'm not wasting any more time because I, I understand it differently. Now losing a child makes you understand things a little bit differently. So I just keep it pushing, you know, from, from, from the moment that that happened in the moment that I got back home, like I finished my book, I put it out. I did three poetry albums. I put them out. I created a, a, a web store, um, or apparel, apparel line. I put that out more recently. I put out, uh, another site where you can get, um, you can get those albums, you can get those books, you can see what I'm doing as far as the podcast, the poetry show, Recite Night, like I'm just continually, continuously staying busy, you know, making sure that my boys are okay, making sure my goddaughters are okay, I'm just keeping it moving, but also still remembering who my daughter was to me, that, that, re remembering that feeling, you know, it's, it, it, even though she is absent, in uh in the physical it's just understanding that my new normal is I have a daughter that passed away but not always making it a negative sad thing you know I just I laugh at certain things as I look at her urn in my room um certain things happen uh spiritually and energy wise and I just feel like it's her and it's difficult but I smile but that that moment, that moment, uh, uh, December 24th, 2019, that changed my life and my outlook of time and peace, like tremendously. 
And I, I've said this throughout the pods, like my peace and, and my peace and my time is the most valuable things to me. And I will not let no one take advantage of or alter that um, those two things, you know, because they're important. They're important. And, and I know that as adults, we know that. But sometimes it takes a it takes something to to happen for us really to pay attention to what it is. And that happened to me. So now my mind is different. The way I, I think is different. The way I love, the way I defend myself, the way I protect is just way different. It's just way different understanding that. Um, you know, like a side note, my me and my my oldest junior, we 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 go back and forth, back and forth, because he wants to go to school. And he doesn't understand that, you know, this coronavirus is really affecting a lot of people. All he knows is he's a freshman. I want to be on campus. I want to, you know, uh, mingle with my friends. I want to do this. I want to do that. And the reality of it is, it's like the moment I was uh, like ready to send him, we got a notice from the school that the coronavirus had hit. His school, his brother's schools, um, and then all of a sudden, the main school of our town that we live in um was it a newspaper they had to shut the district down i think it was two three weeks because it just got out of control and he doesn't understand that but the 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 reality is as a parent i can't lose another child even though i know that i know how it feels now it doesn't change that if something happened to one of the other five kids i'm gonna be stoic and i'm not gonna feel it but if I can prevent it, I am going to prevent it. And so it's it's just one of those things that you understand differently. If had had nothing happened to to my daughter Kennedy, I probably would just be like, all right, go to school, whatever, and and not last a days ago about it, but I would be more more willing to to open up to the, oh, it's my freshman year and I want this and I want that, but I just can't risk losing another child. I can't knowingly put, you know, uh, me, the other kids in any type of danger because he wants to, he wants to go to, to school. He wants to be able to mingle. And it's difficult with him being the age that he is now and the transitions that he's making into who he's supposed to be or who he wants to be. But for me, that moment, December 24th, changed my whole outlook of um, of everything. And the reason, you know, the reason why that, that number 24 is, is so significant to me is that um, my three oldest sons were, were born on the 24th of their respective months. My daughter was, was my oldest daughter was born a few like if she would have been born like maybe an hour and 32 hours earlier her birthday would have been on the 24th so she's the 24th of her month i have my son kingston um, because he like all of the kids were delivered cesarean um and he was born on the 18th of december his birthday was supposed to be the 24th but the doctor or the surgeon, he didn't want to do that. And he just said, um, you know, you wouldn't want, you don't want to do that on, you don't want to purposely do that for Christmas Eve. And, you know, it affected the, the, 
it would affect the baby because it's his birthday, then Christmas is the next day, and blah, 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 blah. Essentially, he just didn't want to do it. And I understood it was what it was. Um, I don't think it was what he was saying. I feel like he didn't want to come in on Christmas Eve. But again, who wants to? Um, and so my daughter, Kennedy, the procedure, you know, she passed away. The procedure happened on December 24th. And I laugh at that because it was it was two things. It was like, damn, I'm sad, you know, I'm I'm sad that this just happened and I'm crying and I'm frustrated. And it's one thing about me, I'll look, I'll look at the worst, worst thing, but I'll also look for, uh, uh, you call it the silver lining. I always look for the silver lining and the silver lining in this situation is that my baby is a 24. And so she'll always, regardless of physicality, she will always have that connection with her brothers. She will always uh, uh, be a part of the 24. We sell Kingston all the time. Like, even though you were 18, like you're still a 24 because that's what we chose. The doctor just didn't want to do it. So essentially all of my kids are born on, on the 24th or close to it. And so that's why that number 24 is so important to me. And every time the 24th of any month comes up, I'm, you know, it's a difficult day because it's laughter, but it's also sadness. But it's just, I believe in afterlife. And I know my baby is at peace. You see what I'm saying? Even though it hurts me and I want to see her hold her, you know, see how she would look right now. But the pain is necessary for whatever reason, whatever reason the universe said this was necessary. That's why I go so hard in everything that I do now, because I didn't lose my baby for nothing. And I'm not saying that anything on earth will equate to the life lost of my child, but Again, I'm a spiritual person and I believe in afterlife. I feel that something is is it it, that was meant to trigger me. Um, It is no it's no coincidence that her passing has created so much transition into into who I'm supposed to be, because I know how I am with my kids. I know how I am, you know, with protection of them. I know how I am with with believing in them. and when she passed, like it, I had been going, I had been going through this heart disease, right? I had, ha- I've had this heart disease. I was diagnosed easily five, six years ago. And I initially was, was told that, um, it was no cure. Like you had to, it just was what it was. Just be careful. Um, and it, the disease is, I don't know how to say the full word, but it's HCM. And it's something that, uh, athletes get when the, 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 the line, not the lining, but the, the inner muscle of the heart, it is, uh, inflamed. It, it, it lengthens, it, it, it grows a little bit longer and it and and in width it grows. Um and people who have that typically out of nowhere will pass out and die. So those athletes that you see um 
passing out while they're playing and then it comes out that it's a it's a heart thing that's what it is so I was diagnosed with that you know five years ago and it's been difficult because it's it created a fear in me to do anything so I would barely walk on the treadmill, no weights, no push-ups, no sit-ups, you know, I'm gaining this weight out of fear. And so I went to the cardiologist, I went to the cardiologist, you know, after baby died, just my normal checkup. It wasn't because of that or anything. I just needed to get my history together, my, my medical history together. So, you know, I'm I'm doing my therapy mentally, so I'm like, okay, while I'm getting while I'm getting together mentally, I have to get together physically. I go to the doctor. They're like, uh, the like I've all, I told them I've always had an irregular heartbeat, pericarditis, et cetera, blah 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 blah. So they put me on this heart monitor, tape this thing to my chest for for two weeks, and so they tape this thing to my chest, and when I felt a sharp pain, a pain, a, a, a regular beat, whatever, I had to click this button and then the information went to the doctor on the same time there was a team behind the scenes that was monitoring it 24 7 so they you know they were monitoring when I clicked the button and seeing whatever was happening at that time and I did that uh for that two weeks I went in he's like oh, okay we still see a regular heartbeat but your heart is fine and I'm like, huh? I'm like, that's, you know, because you're so used to the negativity and you're so used to the downfall, you're so used to to the pain, you don't want to believe it. And I'm like, that's not possible because each time I've went to the the, the cardiologist, each time I've taken my my test, if I have to go in through uh, through emergency, yada, yada, whatever, each time, there's always been something wrong with my heart. Always. But it's not no more. And I still get, I still get like small, sharp pains and pings. There's still a short uh, uh, irregularity in the beating of my heart at times. But I don't have the heart disease anymore. Now I could go and I could play with my sons. Now I could, you know, pick up from a jog, you know, uh, uh, from a walk to a jog. If I if I needed to, I can I can lift weights if I needed to. I can stay alive because along with being told you have these type of diseases or whatever creates anxiety which worsens the condition or worsens the diagnosis and I I I, I trip because this is something that's been happening I've been having heart issues overall my entire life and my daughter passes I'm 37 at the time and now you can't there there's nothing there's nothing wrong with my heart. So I believe that, you know, pain is necessary. I believe that the process is necessary. If you understand or believe how I believe then I know why my heart is fixed now. Even though it's, it's broken emotionally, I know why it's fixed in the physical. I understand a little bit different. I believe a little bit different. And for me, I don't. 
I don't debate debate my spirituality and what I believe in. So it, I know what happened. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that extension of life that my daughter offered me in death. So I understand pain is, is, is a driving force to a lot of things that come out positive. But we dwell on the pain so much because it hurts so bad and we never look for understanding. The biggest thing about me is I've learned how to operate in understanding, right? So I'm able to be mad at something, but then say, you know, what? Uh, I get it. But it makes me maneuver differently when I'm dealing with that thing or that person or those people. But it's necessary. The pain is necessary because it starts it, it starts giving you different ideas and different uh, 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 different ways to maneuver through through life. Like it, it 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 really makes you understand. Like in a situation like this, there is nothing that can replace the loss of my daughter. When I initially started getting my goddaughters, it was a selfish thing. It was a it was a it was a selfish thing feeling like, okay, I lost my oldest daughter to a bad relationship. I lost my youngest daughter to death. Getting these three girls, my goddaughters, is gonna fulfill the loss of that. And it didn't. It allowed me to expand how much I love, but it didn't fill the void of missing my daughters, wanting my daughters. It didn't it, it, it didn't it didn't affect it any more or any less, but it, it, it allowed me to love more. So now when I see my goddaughters, it's not it's not, oh, I got my goddaughters and it's replacing my feeling with. My daughters, because for me, when I'm sitting with the kids and we playing and the, all the girls is here and we seven deep, you know, I'm like, man, we're missing two. There's not a day that goes by that I'm like, man, we're missing two. Me, the, me and it, even in good times, it's not just like I'm just depressed, like, oh, man, I miss my daughter. It's like we could be having fun and laughing and joking and, you know, I could hear a baby cry and I'm like, man, that's crazy because Kennedy would be boom. Imani is boom. So the pain is necessary to get through and the understanding that nothing, nothing gonna replace what nothing can replace what is what is lost. Period. Especially as it results to um life and death. Like people initially start saying, you know, get a dog, get a dog, you know. And I'm like, wait, what? Like that isn't even like, do you really think on God green earth that a dog is going to make me happy or replace the, 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 the void of me losing a child. Like that's crazy to me. And I know people weren't meaning to be a, a, offensive, but that's very offensive when people tell you, Oh, you lost a human being, a child that you were supposed to protect and provide for and raise to, to, to get through school and, you know, see them date and get married and have kids or, you know, be in an NFL or just be good at what they do or entrepreneur or do any of these things. But you're telling me that a dog will make me feel better. No, it won't. 
It won't. The pet is not going to make me feel better. All it's going to make me do is be like, dang, I wish I could have bought this dog for Imani. I wish I could have bought this dog for Kennedy. But the pain is necessary. I know that, you know, I have to figure out how to deal with this relationship so that I can get my time with Imani. That's the only thing that's going to fulfill the loss of Imani is Imani. There is nothing on earth that's going to fulfill my loss of Kennedy. And I understand that it doesn't make the pain any less. But it strengthens me as a person. I am a completely different person that I am today than I was a year ago. I feel it and I know it deep down that I'm not that I'm not the same person. My understanding is is, is different. The pain has has pushed me to a point of, all right. I have to be in control of who I am. I have to be in control of my responses. I have to be in control of the things that I do. I don't want chaos, so I'm not going to promote chaos. I'm not going to respond to chaos. I'm not going to deal with confusion. It is what it is. I'm going to be adult enough to understand. I have to remove myself from whatever it is that's affecting me in a negative way and go through it. I don't have to deal with negativity. I don't have to. I don't have to. You could say something negative or you can do something negative to me. My response is what carries the negativity. No, I'm not saying, you know, you're going to you. I'm going to allow people to disrespect me uh, physically or or mentally or verbally. But what I'm saying is my response is going to be a little bit different, not for your sake, but for mine so that I can continue on my day in peace. So I can continue on parenting my kids in peace. So I can continue creating in peace. You only get one journey. And you have to start understanding that the journey is never perfect. It's never perfect. There's always going to be something or someone that comes up against you that throws a, a, a wrench in the journey that, you know, tries to create a detour for you. And sometimes you got to take that detour to know that it's bad for you. If life was meant to be perfect, then there would be no there, it, balance wouldn't exist. Everything requires balance. You have to do wrong. You have to make mistakes so that you can correct it. Because if you're perfect the whole time, how do you know that you're growing as a person? How do you know that what you are doing is correct until it's challenged? And I'm not saying go out and purposely purposely do things that create a, a, a chaos within you. What I'm saying is that it's necessary that when you come up on a mistake that you don't get mad, you don't get frust overly frustrated, um, and you don't abandon that idea or, or thing. It's important that you say, okay, this is what I did in this situation, and I don't want to do that again. So you figure out, okay, like for me, and it just is what it is, I don't want to argue with my mom anymore. I just I just don't um, younger. You know, you're combative with your parents. And, you know, even if you are right, you still you you you're going to say whatever you're going to say and do whatever you're going to do. And then, you know, me and my mom, we have. 
we have like a 10 minute, like when we're around each other, we have like a 10 minute space of, of peace. And then there's always something for whatever reason. And I hate it. It's always something that creates this chaos between me and my mom. And over this past year, I think both of us have really tried to to deescalate that behavior between between the two of us. But it's certain things that happen that like I don't think that she really understands. I, I, I don't I don't think how, that she really understands how that affects me. So there was there was a there was a situation that happened and. I know how her and I are and so that we didn't get into this this fussing match or or it be an uncomfortable thing. Um, I was on my way to 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 see her and my dad. But I just turned around and I simply said, hey, I'm hurt right now. I'm very upset right now and I just don't want to ruin this visit for anybody. So I'm not going to come. Younger me would have went and why this mom and blah, 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 blah. And she like, boy, you ain't this or 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 you ain't about to be yelling at me and da, 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 da. And then it's uncomfortable. And now the visit is not only ruined for my kids, it's ruined for my dad. It's ruined for me. It's ruined for my mom because we're arguing. And so that's how I am with anything now. I'm not arguing. I'm not creating chaos. I'm not allowing the chaos to grow. I'm going to say, hey, this is what I feel right now. And in order to keep my peace, this is what I have to do. And I'm comfortable with that I'm, because it's not from a place of of anger. It's from a place of peace. And it's, a, it's from a place of knowing that. Um, it's a place from knowing that this is just what life is. It's a place from understanding that, all right, this is how I live my life. This is where I am mentally. This is what I want to do, who I want to be, how I want to be it. And being comfortable with it. And being extremely comfortable with who I am. And what I'm willing to do to keep that peace and what I'm willing to do to just maintain life. It's important. The pain is important so that you can learn how to maneuver. If not for the multiple or many arguments and not arguments like that, but the many disagreements that me and my mom have had. If not for the disagreements that me and my employers have had, if not for the many different uh, uh, disagreements that I've had in relationships, I wouldn't be able to sit here today and understand. I don't want to do that. That take up too much time. I got a new heart. My heart works now. See, before when you when you think you're going to die soon. You just going balls to the walls, argument, doing this, doing that, because it just like for you, it's like, all right, it's going to end soon. I don't care. Like I'm I'll I'll corrupt and, and and perpetrate the chaos that you give and take it to a new level. I'll take this negativity that you put on me and I'll take it to the to a new level. But new life came. I got to put my focus on the new life. I got to put my focus on being here for my kids. I got to put my focus on running my businesses. I got to put my focus on uh, 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 doing my job correctly. 
protect, provide, defend. Like, I have to do that correctly. I got to take care of my health. I got it's so many things that are that are happening in my life that are important because of new life. But that new life came with a price of pain. I always say without no pain, there's no perfection. The Bible says, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron. And that's reality for me. Pain is iron. And it has sharpened me to a point to where I'm able to focus on the energy that I want to allow in and on the energy that I would will, will always put out from uh, from this point forward. From this point forward, you know, there is a there is a, 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 a statistic that says one in one hundred and sixty babies. Are stillborn. One in 160. In my situation, my baby was the one. And I understand it. Certain people, you 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 think that these certain things won't hit you. You think that you are excluded from these these devastating situations, but you're not. And that reality set in for me. That my baby was the one out of 160. Uniqueness is not always a positive. Uniqueness can be a negative. And in this case, my baby was uniquely identified as the one out of the 160 kids in the United States that are stillborn. But I understand the journey has to go on. She will never be forgotten. That pain that that sits in my heart, that pain that sits in my mind, it drives me to continue to create, to believe in myself, to be a better parent, to be a better person, to understand the frequency that's required for me to maintain my peace. Things come up against me all the time. People say things to me all the time. People do things to me all the time. But it's my response that extends it. It's my response that that is the the deciding factor if I'm going to toss and turn that night or if I'm going to get some sleep. I'm not worried about nobody else. I'm not worried about what's what people think of me. I'm not worried about, you know, what people say about me. I am me. If you haven't went through what I went through, you don't understand why I think the way that I think. You don't understand why I rather not be fake with you because you haven't went through what I went through. I'm not going to sit around and be fake. I'd rather be by myself. I'd rather that, that, you know, that pain that's inside of me, I'd rather allow that to boil up in me until I create a, a, a new idea than I will be fake around people acting as if they're fulfilling a void. The void can't be fulfilled. But a lot of people don't even understand that. A lot of people often say, oh, well, get over it. A lot of people say often say, oh, well, you know, you just got to you just got to keep it pushing. No, I don't. I lost a child. A child, a whole child. I'll never be over that. But I'll be able to keep pushing. I'll be able to, I, I think about my baby off. Dang. Whenever I'm ready to sit down and not do something. 
I remember I told my baby, nah, I got to do what I say I'm going to do. I make a to-do list probably every other day. And I make sure that I get as many of those things done every day. For the past year, every day, every to-do list that I've made, I've been able to complete minus about one or two items. But I make that list because I'm not wasting time. I don't spend time with friends. I don't I don't I don't do any of that. Not because I don't have friends or I don't want to spend time, but that's time wasted as long as I have ideas in my mind. I already I spent 37 years of saying I'm going to be creative. I'm I'm going to start a business or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that or 36 years cuz I started everything a year ago. So I spent 36 years of chilling with the homies and drinking and smoking and doing all of that. I needed to figure me out. I needed for me to keep pushing. I needed to 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 have an experience that shifted me into who I'm supposed to be. I always say, man, I'm trying to be who I say that I am. And I can honestly say. I'm becoming him. I'm becoming the person like I'm so close. Like, like I said on the last part, I'm very honest in, 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 in who I am with self-awareness. There's some inconsistencies in me that I, that, that I am heavily working on. But once that's, once that's in line, I'm going to be the man that I say that I am. I have fixed everything that, you know, for me, for me, I fixed all those things. I don't do a lot of stuff. I don't say a lot of stuff. It is what it is. I live a certain way now, but I still have a few inconsistencies that I need to get together. And it's going to come. Not serious. Well, serious to me, but other people probably wouldn't consider it as an inconsistency, but it is for me. So I'm working on it. I wouldn't be able to have gotten to this point without the situation that I went through, I wouldn't wouldn't be able to be so so uh, uh, so hungry for perfection without the pain. I wouldn't be so 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 excited about order. I'm a I'm a I've always been a person of order, but now more so than ever, like order is important to me. Order is important to me. I just told the kids, you know, like I always laugh at the, the, the drum line when he told them, you have to learn to follow before you leave, Mr. Miles. Like that's something that I think about often. And I tell the kids that when they, you know, because one of my sons think he, he the dad of the house. My other son think he the dad. And it's just like, I'm the dad. You have to learn how to, to be a leader. You have to learn how to provide. You have to learn how to, to uh, uh, be a man. And in, in, in being a man, it is being secure in who you are. I don't teach my kids to be like, like back in the day, like you couldn't do, you couldn't dance, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. Everything, like everything is feminine, blah, blah. I don't teach my kids that. Being a man is you being who you are, whether you are a dancer, an artist, a, 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 a robotics, a video gamer, uh, whatever. Whatever you like, pink, turquoise, what it don't matter. A man is who you believe that you are, but you have to learn how to follow first. And when I say follow, I mean people that, 
are stand-up people, not just following the crowd, not just um, doing it just to do it, but people that have significance in your life that you've seen go through the journey of becoming a man and that you feel comfortable with looking up to. It's important. But again, without pain, the perfection never comes. Without the confusion, without, like you have to be confused to a certain level to, to seek wisdom. And if you are not challenging yourself, you'll never get to that level of confusion where you seek the wisdom to get to the next level. We weren't taught that when we were little. We weren't taught that for generations. You got to go through something to get to where you're trying to go. So for me. Is the pain. My poetry comes from pain. My creations come from pain. But not pain in a negative sense. It's pain in the sense of what is the lesson of that? What happened? How did you overcome that? If you're going through it, what is keeping you to maintain? Because all those things is going to create the perfection of the next step right every day is 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 a day that we're trying to get to the next step we're trying to see what the what the escalation is we're trying to see what our next level is we're trying to see what you know what we can do mentally we're trying to see what we can offer the world and it's a lot but you got to go through it like I said, it's a, it's one in 160 chance that uh, uh, every one in one 160th birth results in uh, a stillborn. How you how, like how you handle that is how your your next step is going to be. You have an idea, but it never gets on off the ground. Stillborn. You have opportunities that you never, you, you, you have opportunities that you, you never put effort into stillborn. You see what I'm saying? You have ideas that you say, oh, this idea is stupid, stillborn. Start believing in your ideas. And even if those ideas are stillborn. Allow that pain of losing that idea. Allow that, that pain of losing that opportunity. To create a laser focus in you that you were able to move to the next step. You were able to learn from that pain. You were able to learn from that no. Like, I've been looking and I, I, I know again this is something small for you guys. I've been looking for these track suits. Um, for the apparel line, right? And I told you guys that this one guy hit me up and said, you know, he told me how he got his sweatsuits. But I'm like, man, it has to be another way. Now, people have been ch charging me or attempting to charge me in between $500 and $800 to give me the information for a tracksuit. And a tracksuit, if you don't know, is a hoodie. In it could be a hoodie and joggers or sweatpants and a hoodie, um, a windbreaker set, etc right 
And I know that sounds like that's something small, but for whatever reason, people were saying, oh, I'll give you that information for $500. I'll give you that information for $800. And the information only consists of the vendor name, address, and contact. Cool. You feel like it's worth it. Like I said at the beginning, my brother has always told me to be prepared, research, read, you know, so that you could, you could, you could learn, you can uh, understand how to maneuver through certain things. With that being said, last night, I found the information. I found it by myself. It fits what I'm trying to do. Um, I have some kinks that need to be worked out. But when I found it, I was just like, whoa. Like, it's not. It's not 500 to 800 dollars. Worth of a response It's simple. It was a simple, hey, go check this out. And initially I wanted to have an attitude about it, but I didn't. I was just like, oh, well, let me see if I could if I could do this or if I could do that. And again, I'm reading, researching, reading, I'm researching, I'm reading, researching. So an idea that I had. that I felt like was out of my reach still more, right? I don't have $800 for you to give me somebody's name. I didn't let it die there. I learned from that and I allowed that to mold my next step for me. Because if you're going to keep telling me no, and this is something that I feel like is simple and something that I want, I'm not going to let that still birth Stop me. I'm not. And so this is now months and months and months of me asking people for, hey, what is this? What is that? Where do you get this? No response. Uh, uh, what the youngins say, left on red. And I let that frustration and I let that confusion push me to keep looking change what I'm typing into the Google search, change what I'm looking for on uh, my store's development page, change how I'm mentally approaching it, uh, looking at different people's websites, seeing if I could get any type of clue or anything. Last night, through you know being diligent and continuing to, to research and continuing to read and not getting frustrated and, and being negative to people for you know, charging me or attempting to charge me what they were trying to charge me. It's their business. I can't force them to give it to me or not. No reason for me to get mad, but I'm going to, I want it for my store and I'm going to continue to research. And I let that, that, that thing that should have been negativity, that thing that should have frustrated me, it did frustrate me, but it should have like, like, I don't think you guys understand how many people that I asked. And with all the lack of responses, 36-year-old me would have said, you know, forget all this. It is what it is. And I would have moved on. But 37-year-old me was like, like, nah, like, I got to figure this out. And now 38-year-old me, through trial, through tribulation, through overcoming, I am able to get to that point. And that's how I look at you know, this, this, this situation and the significance of the 24, my baby was a 24. There's, it, it doesn't matter each time that their birthdays come each time that their birthdays come. I think about her and I always will. 
that being said, you guys stay strong, stay mindful, keep up the good work. I'm here for you. Um, you can hit me up, Poetic Properties on Twitter, Poetic Property Podcast on uh, Facebook and IG. You guys have a good one.